Please be seated. Good morning. When I told my husband, Edgar, that Reverend John had asked me to do a sermon for today, he said, which passage? And I said, oh, it's the last of Matthew's judgment parables. Edgar said, oh, which story is that? Now, our older son, Colin, was in the kitchen, too, but I thought he was zoned out. He's just on his phone, you know. But he suddenly interjects without even looking up, sheeps and goats, team sheep. <laughs> team sheep. Um, I have to tell you how surreal it is that Colin is our family member who knows the most about the Bible. It's still quite shocking to me, but that's four years of Catholic high school education right there. Let's go to Matha. That's our human nature, isn't it? What team are you for? And you're not just for your team. You tend to be against the other team, whatever it is, right? We've tried with the boys to encourage that model of cheer for your team, not against the other team. But I think we can't help it. The polarization of our country may be record high recently, but there's probably a deeply innate protective tendency that we've always had as humans to identify with and name our team. Humans are wired to live in community, in tribes, and it plays out with our identification with our team, whatever that may be. Damatha versus Gonzaga, the sharks and the jets. Caps versus penguins, that one runs deep in our house. Colin wouldn't apply to any college in the entire state of Pennsylvania because of that one. But when we go hard in on that team mentality, we run into trouble. Whether it's sports rivalries, red versus blue, anytime we take sides, it has the potential to get ugly really quick. We want to believe we are on the right team. We want to feel superior. And we may end up judging people on the other team. And wow, Christ the King is judging Team Goat. You do not want to be a goat. These judgment parables are tough, I think, for that reason. They're such harsh judgment. The first time I ever did a sermon here, actually, I got one of the other Matthew judgment parables that we heard a couple weeks ago, the story of the bridesmaids, where some had oil and wouldn't give it to the ones that didn't. That was tough for me then, too. I hated the idea that the prepared bridesmaids wouldn't help out their less prepared sisters. But just as I did then, with today's lesson, I take solace from the fact that this is a parable. I, as a layperson with zero religious education, don't think Christ the King is going to literally divide us onto team sheep and goat and condemn the goats to hell. The parable portrays it as an either or, I think for Matthew to make his point. But we as complex humans are not a sheep or a goat. Hopefully, most of us are trying to serve the needy and the vulnerable in our community, trying to be generous of act and spirit, and some days we'll be better than others. What the parable describes is the sheep behavior we're supposed to be trying our best to achieve. And even as I said, I don't believe God would condemn us as literally as the parable describes, I do believe God is judging. And by judging, I mean caring passionately about how we treat each other and pointing out that one way is decidedly the preferred way. I see Christ the King as caring deeply about suffering, injustice, and poverty, and about whether we ignore it or not. If there were no judging, it would mean God didn't care, and I think God very much does care. The late Reverend Sharon Blessard wrote about this parable, saying, 
The king is interested in what we're doing with our days and our hours and with whom we're in relationship and how that is expressed. Are we simply hanging out with others who are just like us, doing as little as possible, whiling away the hours, thinking about Christ's second coming? Or by contrast, if we're in the business of cultivating relationships, tending to the need of friend, neighbor, and enemy, and wading into life's most difficult places and situations, then we're on the right track. Sheep people weren't worried about looking good when Christ shows up. They were simply doing good in their daily lives. And by definition, people who are living that way are probably a lot less likely to hold contempt for people who aren't. They're doing their best to be in a relationship with all, even the goats. And if we strive to live this way in service to others, leading with kindness, regardless of whether anyone is watching, we probably need to do our level best to let go of that team mentality. It's not to say that you drop your allegiance to your alma mater or stop wanting your sports teams to win. But when it comes to determining who is deserving of our respect, support, empathy, and compassion, it's everyone. I think all humans are supposed to be our team. We don't have to agree on everything, but we need to acknowledge people different from us, I think, and try to understand. Because when we don't, we risk dehumanizing them, and that quickly gets in the way of our helping those less fortunate than we are. As Dr. Brene Brown writes, connection is why we're here. We are hardwired to connect with others. It's what gives purpose and meaning to our lives, and without it, there is suffering. Everyone is on our team. So let me close with an alternative sports cheering model. Um, my younger son, Adam, is a competitive, nationally ranked rock climber. This is essentially an individual sport, but most of the athletes on the circuit do train um, with teams, and they compete with teams. What continues to impress me, the more time I spend at competitions of all levels, is how much the athletes support each other regardless of team. They celebrate each other's successes by liking and commenting on hard climbs they post on social media. They visit each other's gyms and swap tips and encouragement. And in the height of competitions, as soon as they're off the wall themselves, they're gathering around to cheer and root for their competitors. I remember being out in Salt Lake, Salt Lake City at Nationals this past summer, certainly the biggest competition I'd ever watched, and being moved nearly to tears to hear all the, come on, Adam, come on, Adam, from so many people, most of whom I didn't even know. I was stunned by how many climbers, even the ones who had never met Adam, stuck around until almost midnight to support Adam and the other climbers whose turns were at the end of the schedule. They clapped and hooted and hollered whenever he nailed a move or topped a climb. They get excited just watching their fellow athletes do cool things. It's a seriously joyful sport. That's the way I want to move in the world, even as I fall short, because it is hard. Can I want my team to do well and find the joy in and respect for all the competitors? Can I approach every person, even the ones with whom I disagree, as a fellow human first? Can I practice that mindset where Christ the King is at the center of it all, cheering us on to do the best we can by the least of these in service and kindness every day? I think the point of today's lesson is we have to try. So let's try to get out there and be the sheep we wish to see in the world. Amen.